I'm going to call you my Sioux Falls second family. So, oh, yes. uh, and that's corny, but I'm going to use it. <laughs> hey, this is Scott Todnam, and you're listening to the Life is the Future podcast, a podcast for health education, middle school, and life in general. It's summer, but that's not going to stop the podcast. This is the Life is the Future summer series. Tune in for our summer shorts. These will be quick tips for health and wellness, as well as expert insight. These will be weekly interviews with an all-star cast of adults from around the nation and around the world who work to improve physical, mental, emotional, and social well-being. These incredible people will lend their time to give listeners some insight into their passion, advocacy, and life in general. Okay, hello. This week is an exciting week for me here on the podcast because I am here with a whole bunch of individuals sitting in the same room, and I'm in Sioux Falls, South Dakota right now at the Shape America Summer Conference for Social and Emotional Learning, and I have the other PE Teachers of the Year here, my 2019 cohort of PE Teachers of the Year. I'm going to let them introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about their work recently, this past year, the journey of becoming a Teacher of the Year, and then what their passion is. So uh, I have Tony, I have Jen, I have Nikki, I have Dan, and I have Don, as well as Michelle, all sitting here. So in order to make sense of this on audio, uh, I'm going to have you go around and just say, hi, this is me, first and last name, and, and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're up to, okay? So Tony, will you start us off? Sure. My name is Tony Bader. I am the Adapted Physical Education Specialist from Seattle Public Schools, um, and very excited to be part of this podcast and sharing everything we're doing. Um, so right away, my mom was a teacher, so I was exposed all the time. I hung out at the schools, and my mom was big about uh, supporting the underdog kind of thing. That's how she put it. Um, and I was athletic, so went to SUNY Cortland and played on the soccer team there, mm -hmm. got my physical education, and worked with Tim Davis, uh, and he really guided me starting down the adaptive PE path. And I got into University of Wisconsin Lacrosse, did adaptive physical education and adventure education there and kind of spun the wheel, put my finger down, ended up in Seattle. <laughs> nice. Thought I'd be there for a year or two and it's been going on close to 20. Uh -huh. So loving the work there, loving my Shape Washington group and uh, super supportive and how we kind of come around each other and support the professionals. So very happy about nice. that. Thanks. Dan, who are you? Yes, Andy <laughs> Jager I'm from Sacramento, California. And thank you, Scott, for having us all yeah, here and together. And congratulations on the new book. Yes, thank you very much. But this is not about me. It's about all of you. <laughs> <laughs> so things I'm passionate about. Yeah. Um, years ago, first entering physical education, wanted to create a new format for physical education lessons. And that turned into adventure racing. And the folks who have been using it have been doing an outstanding job and doing new things with that. And never believe where, it, where it's gone um, now. Never would have thought in the, in the past it would turn out like that. So yeah. that's cool. And then just developing new programs um, for physical education. Uh, worked at a couple of different sites and really developing programs around students and their needs. So meeting the needs of students. And then really a big piece of it is changing the negative stereotypes around physical education teachers. Yeah. Personally, I had a very negative experience in physical education growing up. I was bullied a lot in middle school and high school. And unfortunately, the PE teachers I had lived up to those negative stereotypes. So right. I believe we can come together as a profession and really change that image. Don, welcome, Hi. how are you doing? Go ahead, Don. Thank you. 
Um, hi everybody, uh, this is Don Tobin. I am an elementary physical education teacher, K-5, in the Mayapak Central School District, which is located in southeastern New York State. Um, I've been there for quite some time. I'm also an adjunct uh, professor at a local college teaching mm -hmm. graduate and undergraduate in the physical education department, uh, teaching uh, sports nutrition. Yeah. One of the things I strongly believe in is my own professional development. I'm never complacent in my own teaching, and I feel like I'm constantly getting something new, uh, regardless of whether it's a brand new teacher or a veteran teacher. I feel like that's, that's something I'm passionate about because I'm, I don't feel like anyone can ever say they got it. They yeah. always have to know that they're a work in progress, which mm -hmm. I feel like I am. And so I'm passionate about that because I feel like I'm constantly growing as a professional. And if I feel that my skills are getting better, then I know it's going to help my kids in the gymnasium. Right. Thanks. Jen, hello. Welcome. Hi. My name is Jennifer Mettler. I'm from Calabasas, California, and I teach middle school physical education. When you're talking about passion, yeah. I think my passion has really shifted lately. I used to really be into standards-based instructional design and making sure I had the perfect lesson and the perfect assessment tool and made sure it perfectly aligned with the standards, which I still think is extremely important. But I realized unless we connect with the students, it doesn't matter what our lesson is. Mm -hmm. It really just doesn't matter. And my district, which is Los Virginis Unified School District, like many others, are starting to make that switch over and put the whole child and that student 360 in perspective. And that's really where my teaching is starting to shift is yeah. like, do I know you? Do you know me? Do we have the connection? Uh -huh. And once you start knowing that student, then you can really figure out like how to get them to where they need to be successful in life. And so it's been a, a shift, but it's been a great shift. I don't get as much curriculum taught as I used to, but what they learn is so much better. And Nikki. Hello. Welcome. I'm Nikki Peterson from West Fargo, North Dakota. I teach uh, physical education and dance. Uh, dance is my passion. Um, and I teach dance because I never thought I would be a, a dancer. Mm -hmm. And I had to step out of my comfort zone when they said, Nikki, you're teaching dance. And I kind of panicked. But I realized you can find all sorts of resources outside that I pull in people for every unit from the, for the past 10 years. And I learned from them, just like uh, Don said, how mm -hmm. you never stop learning. And I'm still learning about African dance and how to connect that with my students, because I have a lot of African, um, Nigerian, Somalian kids. Yeah. So that's my passion. We also have Michelle Carter here. Michelle, we're going to have you, you jump on, too, from Shape America. So say hello. And t can you tell everybody what your role is and what you've been doing recent years? Sure. Um, I'm Michelle Carter. I'm a senior program manager at Shape America. Um, two of my biggest responsibilities currently are working with all the teachers of the year that you've just heard from, and um, it's quite fun. I get to work with a lot of different professionals. And then another big responsibility I have currently is with our new service learning program, Health Moves Minds, mm -hmm. and helping develop the educational materials around that. So I'm a former health and physical education teacher, so I've been excited to get back into doing more teaching type things and you know yeah. creating lesson plans and developing materials for teachers and um, getting back to that side of things and being creative. So it's been really nice. Right. So we have a crew here. Yeah. I mean, there are. This is the biggest group I've done. I <laughs> have one microphone. 
Uh, so there's seven of us sitting here. It's may, maybe kind of hard to figure out who's going to talk, but we'll try and kind of identify what's going on from here. And I figured that uh, we should be talking to some of the, the um, successful PE teachers in the land. So I have had some other experts, as I've been calling them, all summer on as adults, but I haven't talked to specifically other PE and health teachers. So thanks for coming on. Um, and I know I kind of put everybody on the spot, but I'm going to call you my Sioux Falls second family. So, how, yes. uh, and that's corny, but I'm going to use it. <laughs> okay, so uh, I've seen all of you teach uh, at least here at the conference, um, and it's really cool to see people like in their element, as I keep saying, um, whether it's adapted PE, elementary PE, high school PE, middle school PE, dance. Um, so that has been something that is I can see and I feel it like right away is meeting everybody is your your heart and your passion is very evident. And sometimes we have that feeling, that aura, you know, with a, a group or a conference. And I, I can just feel that around the table right now is that all of you really truly care. So I know that sometimes you get that, that saying where students don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. But that's really been evident to me from like meeting you and hanging out. Thanks for what you're doing. This week has been a focus on social emotional learning. SEL could be the thing that we keep promoting and it's been here all along but that's going to be something that is naturally tied into all the things we're doing in PE and health. Do you see that that's going to continue? I think the pendulum swings so much and that sometimes right now in education SEL is the huge word right but it's always been physical education mm -hmm. and even when the pendulum swings away and there's another big catchphrase in education us as physical education teachers and health teachers need to always keep that as a priority in what we do. Yeah, I think part of it too is is going along with this SEL as us as role models, modeling the the behaviors that we want for our students, getting along with coworkers, and then just how our, how we treat our students, the tones we use with them. And along that line too, this part of the negative stereotype of a physical education teacher is barking at students, making sure they're in lines, making sure they're in uniforms and all that. But we need to make sure we're moving away from that as a profession and really moving towards learning physical literacy for life, learning the skills that they need for social emotional, learning the skills that they need for movement and for fitness and things. So moving away from management and control and moving towards learning like any other subject within the school. Yeah. I'd like to piggyback and also say that I really think it's important to remember that the, it's been around for a while, but the whole teaching to the tests mm -hmm. and the standards for academic areas instead of remembering about the development of the whole child and making sure that children learn to become good citizens. I mean, I see at the elementary level, and I said it in my presentation, I feel like social skills are starting to decline among young kids. And these are things that were originally reinforced and maybe it's not being reinforced as much in the home as it should be. And so I think the combination of those things yeah. to get away from the stereotypes, but also to remember what the essence of what we are as a part of a school and as part of a school system for the development of a, of a child. Right. And a lot of those social skills come through play, you know, cooperation, uh, problem solving, teamwork and respect. Um, and if we're talking about SEL as a topic, one thing that I, I see being more at the national level is that. I feel as health and physical education educators, we are poised to really take the lead within the school with social and emotional learning because as we've said, it's been already embedded a lot of what we do in our standards, um, health standards, mm -hmm. our PE standards, and 
why aren't we, why shouldn't we be the leaders in that way and kind of leading the charge within the school with that whole mind body connection like here at the theme yeah. this week yeah. I think we're in a really great place to do that right in dance yes um, I feel like uh, students have to put down their cell phones they have to look at each other like in the eye they have to be polite and you know ask may I have this dance and then they have to respond and I think that's important because when you get out of high school that's going to happen and if you don't know how to socialize and if you're just on your phone all the time you're missing out on this other stuff so I think uh, the social emotional stuff is important and we have been doing it but now we just have a, a name for it yeah absolutely it's been part of what we do but it's okay to also draw more attention to it mm -hmm. what yeah. about an adapted uh, two things come to my mind yeah. when we start talking about this one is relationships I think that's huge in when we start talking about working with students um, and a big part of that, I think that's hard, especially for elementary and also middle school, high school, is we see multiple classes a day. And sometimes it feels like a conveyor belt with what we're teaching too. And about taking that time to really connect with students. And that's where a lot of learning will happen in building those individual relationships. And then a little bit more on the adapted side is looking at the trauma-informed practices. Mm -hmm. And that to me is a huge thing with the social emotional learning. Um, in having that positive approach and jumping on what you were saying is like we need to be able to look at it from um, what can students do yeah. and how do we connect but then uh, looking at where are students coming from and being able to give them opportunities to shine um, it's a huge resource that shifted my practice that also students and parents can connect to yeah. is sound discipline and it's a really great website and has a great resources, but also does a lot around that trauma-informed practice right. and supporting um, how we can all work together to lead a healthy, active life. Can anybody else talk to some of that inclusivity of your classroom or your school or the, the culture of PE, you know, in terms of what we're doing to include each and every student? I'm referring back to tasks that I give kids. Yeah. I realize that children are develop at different stages. They have different abilities. One of the things that I love to do in my classes is to give student choice. So for example, if I did a simple task, a child has the option to choose which piece of equipment, at which speed, mm -hmm. at which level. Mm -hmm. And if they feel that as they're going along, well, this isn't challenging enough, they can upgrade it. If it's too hard for them, they can downgrade it a bit. And I feel like that's a really simple way that you can touch upon all children and include everybody. Yeah. It's not about excluding anyone. At the elementary level, I think there's this misconception that it's about sports, and it's really, it's not. It's about skill, not sport. Yeah. And so how can you include everyone if you don't give them the opportunity to try to push themselves at their own pace? Right. Really simple way to do that. I'm going to go off of the adapted because I think when we start talking about inclusion, a lot of people look at, all right, the kid in the wheelchair. Or, uh -huh. But I think one of the things that we're doing in Shape Washington, which has been really awesome, is looking at a lot of the gender stuff. Yeah. And the inclusivity of really being intentional. There's not a boys team and a girls team. Or you don't even say boys and girls. We're looking at uh, some of our assessments and changing instead of he and she, uh -huh. but he, she, they. You know, So I think that's a huge thing that's kind of going in. And it's a really touchy subject for a lot of people to start talking about. Yeah. It's going to be the most welcoming environment when we start having um, the ability and inclusivity 
of all students that way too. Absolutely. Jen, can you talk more to that or Nikki in terms of dance, uh, whether it's these pronouns or leaders and followers? I think we just need to be real sensitive to our students' emotions at that age because they're all over the place. And you can say one little thing wrong and it can really set them off where as an adult they might be able to handle it a little better, mm -hmm. but they just themselves don't even know how they feel. And so when dancing, to not force somebody to be the male partner or the female partner, right. but to allow them to choose which role they want to take as a leader or a follower and to let them make that choice, but to also to make sure that the class understands that that's a choice and a right that they have. They have that right to make that choice and that's okay whatever they choose and I'm going to accept it as a teacher and the class is going to accept it because we all have that environment where we care for each other's emotional needs. Absolutely. Yeah, talking about inclusion of all students right. and meeting them where they are and you know in our former program at my, the last high school is that students always had choice. They always had a choice of what activity they were going to sign up for and the expectation was is they try different things along the way and they had those opportunities and we worked together as a team to provide those choices for mm -hmm. students. At the site I'm at right now, it's very, very experimental what we're doing, but I have the rare opportunity that during the student's second year there, they'll be taking classes and learning movement skills and all that as well, but I'll actually meet with each student for 30 minutes, every year two students, for 30, at least 30 minutes to an hour, and we will discuss a fitness plan for them one-on-one. -on -one. So it's personalized for them and what they have um, available to them after school in, and beyond the classroom, which is really what we want. We want our yeah. students to be yeah. physically literate and physically active for yeah. life. Yeah, right. And in dance, um, I've started doing letting kids pick how they want to present their final projects because I know it's uncomfortable for kids to get up in front of everyone else. Sure. And so the other assignments that I give them is that they can go home and teach someone in their family or a neighbor or friend or whatever the dance and then they dance it together and show it on you know a video to me so it doesn't have to be public in front of their peers because in right. dance that could right. be uncomfortable and so giving them the option of how they want to be assessed and not feel like too uncomfortable to try new things and so now sure. yeah. yeah and then teaching something you, you know you you guys know it's harder than just performing. You have to actually go through all the steps with that person and uh -huh. make sure you're doing it right. And so I think including them with all the different types of assessments is how I look at that. So let's switch gears a little bit. I want to ask you if there's anything that you've done that you're really proud of in the last year. You've had a big year. You were named Shape America PE Teacher or Dance Teacher of the Year. Was there a really cool unit? Was there just one lesson that you can remember? Was there a connection with a kid? Is there something that you're truly proud of in the last year that you think of immediately when I say, what was that thing that was really fun or powerful and meaningful in the last school year? Actually, I connected with a Nigerian dancer from Minneapolis, uh -huh. and my, I got the okay to bring her to our, our school. and. I invited the other high schools around and they, some of them chose to come and then um, it was just a big production and like in our school the African students don't have a role model and also they feel like they're not important, they're not on the basketball team or they're not you know looked at yeah. as leaders in the school but this really you could just see it in their faces, you could see it in all the pictures I have how much joy that brought them 
And so the principal was like, we have to do this every single year. And so that was something that really, like, I just look at the kids that are, you know, they don't get the chance. So that's what I like to think of, like, I'm giving kids the chance that haven't had that opportunity. Mm -hmm. I'd say for me, I work with a day treatment program, uh, students and I went to the University of Washington Sports Institute and they were talking about the Daily Mile that kind of came out of the UK. And we switched it up a little bit for our program, we're calling it Phoenix Fit. But every morning they go out for 15 minutes and take laps and it seems like it's just super simple but there's so much to it. Um, the staff are getting out, walking with students, connecting with students as they come into school. Um, therefore, they get to talk about any traumas or things that are happening outside. Yeah. And they're helping set up then going into the classrooms. Kids can connect with each other if they just want to run some energy out. Mm -hmm. um, but I did have a girl that really connected with it that never really was physically active. And she'd do this thing where she, She'd run and she'd try to lap me, and so it made into this game um, where she took her money from her chores and what she saved up and went and got a pair of running shoes. Wow. This girl that is overweight, not active, and she's taking her mom to the park to walk also because she then wants to come to school and beat me uh, when nice. we do our morning nice. morning mile kind yeah, of thing. It just, yeah. it, and then what we've seen is like behaviors go down Sure. Um, we've seen kids then entering the classroom after that. Um, I've been also seeing the adults enjoying it. Like they right. get to get some health in the morning too and fitness and just connections. And so um, just doing 15 minutes of walk run at your pace, you can do it alone or with somebody. And it's just had such a profound impact. You know, so often we, we've been talking about relationships and building relationships with students and obviously that student had a relationship with Tony in the, in the story she shared. But it, I had the opportunity seven years ago when I started at my former high school, I had this, we had these advisory classes and I had sixth graders. I started with sixth graders and this girl came into my class and she had moved from a different city and it was a pretty um, challenging environment she lived with there. And even at the school we were at now, mm -hmm. she had some tough things going on in her life. But she cared about school and she cared about athletics after school. And we built a relationship over time, and she was in my class year after year. In her freshman year, she said, you know what, I think I, 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 I want to do well. I want to do really well. I want to be one of the highest-ranked students in, this, in my, my graduating class. I said, I think you can do it. She's like, I want to be valedictorian. I think you can do it. And she, we talk about grit and perseverance and overcoming obstacles. And year after year, she kept working hard despite the things that were going on in her life. Dad wasn't doing well. Yeah. Um, it was rough. My senior year, I transferred to a different school, but I told the students, I'll be back for your graduation. Right. I went back to graduation, and I didn't know that she was the valedictorian. <laughs> She'd awesome. become the valedictorian, and when she was up on stage, yeah. and she said, it's been tough. I went through all these obstacles. Right. But I used grit, an idea inspired by my favorite teacher, and she said my name, we don't have the opportunity to see that in our profession. But seven years later, I got to see that. And now she's going into a university where I happen to teach at, and her major is kinesiology. She wants to become a physical education teacher. Yeah. I was just blessed enough to experience that piece. But that's where it comes down to relationships and listening yeah. to students and where they're coming from. Absolutely.
and we're all doing that here. So. Well, Dan's got us in tears. Uh, <laughs> I can't go after that. <laughs> Jen, what do you got for us? Well, it's hard to do anything after that story because it's, it's, as a teacher, what we all want. We want that story to be about us and our students, and it's just inspiring, Dan, yeah. to, to hear that. So following that, there's right. not much I can say. <laughs> but but I, I'm going to push on, and I'm going to keep on going with this, because I have grit, grit <laughs> and I'm going to keep going. Because it's OK if you fail. We've all learned that. It's OK to have more failure yeah, in life. Right. That was one of the topics. Was there a so, program or a project or anything that comes to mind now? One thing that does come to mind is, as a teacher, I feel comfortable presenting in front of other physical education teachers. Uh -huh. But it's hard like at your school or in your district. And I stepped out of my comfort zone this year because I'm really passionate about bringing activity into the classroom. Yeah. And so I did some in-services to K through 12 teachers on how to bring that activity in the classroom with not just movement breaks and activity breaks, which are great, but how do you teach curriculum while moving, which engages people more. Yeah and really helps them learn, but then also gets that movement so the brain chemicals keep going. And so that was one thing that I was proud about this year, that I kind of set myself out of the comfort zone and was really able to reach probably about 150 teachers with these in-services nice. to try to add more activity into the classroom to make the students more engaged and learn more. Very cool. That is cool. Kind of two things that I was proud of this past year. Um, one, I'm very proud that we're able to simplify our assessments like our exit tickets, use of plickers and plagnets, which are plicker magnets. Right. Um, the use of the thermometer, so anyone knows what that is, is when you ask a child how they rate themselves uh -huh. on the thumb. Earlier in my career, I would tend to overcomplicate things. So I'm, I'm proud that I'm continuing on a path to try to make things as simple as possible. Um, and the second thing is, I wanna say, I think this is our sixth year in a row, as an offshoot of the physical education department, we are doing the Nike Reuse a Shoe uh -huh. program. And we're trying to teach kids in our school that there are other ways to recycle outside of you know, paper, plastic. Um, we have a sneaker bin. And we have uh, the community bring old, yucky, disgusting sneakers. And we collect them. And we teach about what the company does once we ship them off and how they have something called the Nike Grind Project where they tear the shoe apart and they recycle the parts to make uh, running tracks and surfaces for basketball courts yeah. and yeah. football fields. And it's been a program that's gone on for years and it's very, very successful. And, and I, like, I like and I'm proud of it because it shows that we try to touch the lives of the kids outside of the room that we're in. Yeah. And that there's other ways that we can get involved with everyone. Absolutely. Michelle, you're going to jump in. Michelle Carter, what has shaped America? What have you done in the last year or this Health Moves Minds project potentially you could be proud of? Um, but what, is, what stands out? And you're like, this has been big. I'm proud of this. Well, Health Moves Minds in general has been um, something that I'm proud of. I was given the opportunity to switch my roles at Shape America to devote a lot of my uh, time developing educational materials and working with other teachers to vet them and um, I had been out of the classroom for five years I hadn't really written a, list, a lesson plan and um, these lesson plans were piloted 20 schools across the nation and to see the positive feedback from them and to see it was minimal um, tweaks that needed to be made so it wasn't like they were coming back and getting trashed yeah. 
it was validating that like okay you know what you're doing you know what you're talking about and it was really encouraging and it's something I feel really passionate about to just be honest I didn't like what I was doing a year ago and to think about a year later I absolutely love what I'm doing has been really amazing and um, getting to work with teachers and share has been really great yeah that's really cool I'm gonna jump in uh, because what I one thing that I've done in health class um, outside of some mindfulness things and SEL and inclusion and all the hot topics of health that typically come up from year to year I'm proud that I've been able to give my students a voice and so this podcast has been something where I put the students in front of the microphone and they've they're doing exactly what we're doing right now and they're working on communication skills and they're struggling through the awkwardness of what's the next question I'm going to ask what's the, my response going to be how do I not talk over somebody um, <laughs> how can I portray how can I say what it is that I want to say uh, and use the right words um, and so we're gonna keep this podcast going into next school year and I have new hosts that are gonna take over and I think it's just gonna keep growing because we do a, a YouTube channel but also I wanted to offer them other places they could practice health skills like communication decision-making skills and this is a big advocacy piece mm-hmm. so I wanted to jump in just because I don't know I'd like to talk <laughs> and so <laughs> but it's really uh, again obvious that your hearts are in your passion are there is what you're doing it has the students at the forefront of every single thing uh, that you're up to and one thing that I try and give is resources in the show notes of these things so that any individual whether it's an adolescent through a parent to another educator can click and link to right at their fingertips so what I'm going to ask is, and Tony already kind of started us off, is is there anything that we can point to just as a real quick 30-second, one-minute shout-out plug that you use that has bettered yourself, your education, your teaching, uh, or you just think is important in the world of health, PE, wellness, education in general? So you mentioned one, let's repeat, I suppose, that other website, Tony, and then we'll kind of go around the table. Sure. Uh, so Sound Discipline, to me, deserves the shout-out, and then I'm going to give two other quick shout-outs. One is uh, Adaptive Physical Education, Washington State, mm-hmm. WA State, on Facebook. Uh, it's a page that I constantly put resources out, so if families want to click on like that. Uh-huh. Um, and then a fun one is on Facebook. It's called The Little Free Sports Library. Cool. It's been something fun that I, I put together, but it's that give a book, take a book, mm-hmm. but it's sports equipment next to a park, and it's been awesome. So if, if that can spread across the nation, that would be phenomenal. Awesome. You were telling us about that, and that's something you started, right? Yeah. I'll definitely get the links in um, so that people can tap right on those right after listening. My favorite resource are my colleagues, by far. Um, you can't get to the level that all of us sitting at this table are at without other people. And... I bounce ideas off others constantly. In in this field, we beg, borrow, and steal. If there's something that you like, it becomes yours. It doesn't matter where it came from, as long as it works for your kids. Um, To that end, though, I do want to give a shout out to my state organization, New York State Aford, because I have created so many personal relationships from people from all across the state who live nowhere near me. Mm -hmm. And I've been able to connect with them and learn so much from them that if you came into my classes, a lot of what I'm doing, it's it's them, and and that's what makes that's what makes those people such a big resource for me. It's not any one specific site, but knowing the fact that I have people I can rely on to ask questions and I can get honest responses. Sure. To piggyback on that too, like Don said, our our colleagues 
our colleagues in our schools and our districts, but then with our state organizations, like for me, it's CAPERD and it's California Association. But also making sure that you're involved with SHAPE, making sure you're involved with the national organization and those pieces and continuing to learn. Twitter, there's some great folks on there. I just started getting into it a little bit ago and so many resources for us. Um, along with that, supportrealteachers.org. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter and then they have a website as well. And really their mission is to provide information and resources for physical education teachers to be as quality as they can be. Yeah. There's a book that was published recently by Bill Simon called Break a Sweat, Change Your Life, The Urgent Need for Physical Education in Schools. Uh -huh. And it's a quick, easy read. But if you're into advocacy for physical education, it's a nice short book that gives you some really powerful tools to help promote physical education and why it's so important. Cool. My shout out would be to a person who I share an office with. Her name is Leah Swedberg. She is the health teacher of the year for the Central District. Mm -hmm. And every time she has a problem or I have an issue, we talk it out and it has made me become a lot better teacher. To piggyback off of that a little bit, that kind of reminded me of something earlier that I saw about reaching out and advocating and using others to when you're in need and not holding in. But this is not like a specific resource, but something that I found is so to Google this and learn more about it and even see how it could benefit your students is the mindfulness piece I've, with the Health Moves Minds and just learning more about that and seeing how that can resonate. And it's been useful in my own personal life. Mm -hmm. And so if you look more into mindfulness and how you can incorporate some of those concepts with your students and across the school with other teachers, I think it can be very impactful in that yeah. way. Great. Thanks for sharing all those. So I'm going to make sure I link those in. And we're going to wrap things up because I've taken enough of your time and listeners' time as well. Um, but we're from all over the nation. We're from Washington State, California, North Dakota, New York, Virginia, and of course I'm in Illinois. And so we have all these different things that we're bringing to the table, so to speak, with background. And I've learned a little bit about even some of our personal lives and the ups and downs and the struggles we've all gone through even through this great year with a nice award for everybody here. But I think that we should also leave something as well. Um, so I want you to leave us with one thing, one tip, one idea that has been inspirational uh, in your life that has, that has helped you to become a better teacher or a better person in general, uh, a better family member or a better friend. So we'll go around the table and I'm putting you on the spot again, but I'm gonna have you come up with something right now, one thing that has really helped you in life. Michelle. Um, so on a personal level, I feel like being, um, I don't know another a better way to say, it, but being self-reflective or analyzing and being open and real about yourself your weaknesses, your strengths, and, and being um, open to that. Because I feel that you can really learn in any situation that you're in about if you can reflect and be real about who you are and have that, that realistic um, perception about yourself. And mm -hmm. if you can open there, you're going to learn so much about yourself um, and how you can improve. And as Dawn touched on before, we're always yeah. growing, learning, yeah. and improving. And so if you can start with being reflective, and maybe in your lessons, we all should do that as teachers, but even with yourself, you know, you get into an argument with a family member or a friend, and then taking time to pause, and once your emotions have cooled down, and 
what could I have done better? Could I have communicated differently, expressed myself in a way, you know, so just in little things like that, I feel has been really helpful in my personal life. Yeah, absolutely. For me, every morning before I leave the house, my husband tells me how lucky I am to be able to help students and make a positive influence on them. Every day I walk out of my, my house and I have to think about that, but um, it's good. It's a good reminder. Mm-hmm. And it's also, I'm so grateful um, for all the people who have helped me become this teacher that I am and yeah, gratitude. Yeah. One thing my mom always said is fair is not always equal. And I think kind of that concept, we get so stuck on that this isn't fair because we look at everything on that even playing field. And you did a great lesson with knots in a rope and some of us have more knots than others. So to get people where we need to go, it may not be equal, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean it's not fair and not right, that we don't have to treat everyone the same. My quick tab would be everybody's got a story. So when you're really connecting with people, to you need to get to know them. I don't peel that onion, but everybody has a story. And so sometimes we pass each other so fast and yeah. things, but take the time to get to know people, and you know, you'll go much further. One thing that's helped me and um, in my life, because I've failed a lot at a lot of things, and I definitely have a lot of ways to go, but having, having hope, um, having faith that you can get where you want to go, um, and then having grit and the perseverance to overcome obstacles, you can do it and you know, and it might take longer than you thought and it's gonna be hard at times, but so many of my students I've seen do that and I try to do that and just keep going. Yeah. Don't give up. Yeah. I would say the one tip uh, that I would share is to try to be a good listener and that way you'll be able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And that way, kinda of to piggyback what others said, you'll you'll learn about their story and about um, why it's important to know where they're coming from as opposed to just sharing about yourself. Yeah, right. Well, thank you, everybody. I think my, my recommendation would be to be open, uh, open to new things, uh, open to being authentic with yourself and real with yourself, open to connecting with others, open to admitting mistakes, and open to all these other things like gratitude. So uh, thanks for connecting. I really appreciate the time. And say one last goodbye to everybody. Tony Bader, Jen Mettler here, Tandu Jager, Don Tobin, Nikki Peterson, Michelle Carter, I'm Scott Todnam. Thanks so much. I wasn't looking for a high five. I was looking for, was looking for you to say, say goodbye. Bye. 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 See ya. Thanks for listening and make sure to keep tuning in. Our summer series of the Life is the Future podcast will include summer shorts. These are quick tips for health and wellness, as well as expert insight interviews in which we will hear from a range of health professionals, social justice activists, mental health advocates, sex education experts, music therapists, cancer awareness organizers, and more. This transition between school years will not go to waste. As always, thanks for listening.